welcome. I'm Pastor Danae, and it's my honor to start this new series that we're going to be in for the next few weeks called The Real Jesus. Because we want to discover who the real Jesus is. Because when we look at the world today and we look at our current situation, it's easy to wonder what is actually good. What's good right now? Because there's so many things that are not good. We look at the tension of racial discrimination in our world. There's disease. We've been in a global pandemic for the last 18 months. There's famine. There's depression. There's anxiety. There's worry. The, the list could go on and on. And so as I was thinking about that, I went and looked at the dictionary and some of the new words that have been added to the dictionary just this year, and I think they reflect the season that we're in. I mean, think about the term PPE. Yes, the word has been around, but for, for most of us, it was not common vernacular and something we were used to speaking. There's a new term called quarantine, not T-I-N-E, it's T-E-E-N. And what it refers to is a teenager during COVID and the reality that they went through, and let's be honest, the, the reality of the parents and what they went through in that season with them. We think about the word thirsty. It doesn't mean what we think it means anymore. It's not, hey, I'm thirsty and I need to quench my thirst. I need a drink of water. What it's referring to is the need that people have for attention and approval. And there's this new term that's been coined called doom scrolling. And what it refers to is the idea and the concept that when we go to media, when we go to social media, when we go to the news, what we expect is bad news. We have a doom scrolling mentality. We don't expect good, we expect bad. And I wish there was something that we could do to fix this world. You know, I wish I could order some sort of repair kit on Amazon and it would show up at my house and it would fix all the problems that we're dealing with. Or I wish that maybe we could download an app on our phone and it would run and it would fix the situation that we're in. And if we look at the world this way and we have this perspective, it's really easy to have a doom scrolling mentality. But I want you to know today is that there is good news. There is good news today. And that's the title of my message is it's all good. It's all good. There's good news because God sent his son Jesus down to earth. He sent his son, the real Jesus, and he's here and he wants to have a relationship with you. So in this series, we're going to look at who Jesus really is because he's better than you think. He's better than what you've ever thought. He's better than what you have ever imagined. He's not a generic version. He's not a knockoff brand. He is the real deal, and he wants relationship with you. And so as we enter into this series, we want you to discover who he is. And maybe, maybe you've walked in here and you would say, you know, I kind of have a vague idea of who Jesus is. I've attended church, but I don't know if I've really truly experienced the real Jesus that you're talking about. I don't know if I really truly know and have experienced a real Jesus. Well, I want you to know is that God is here and he wants to meet with you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And so as we enter this series, we're going to be looking at the book and the gospel of Mark. And we're going to be walking through the stories and the life and the miracles of Jesus because we believe there's something in this gospel that can speak to each one of us. So I invite you to open up your app, your Westover app, your Bible. We're going to be in Mark 1 today. And we're going to look at just actually one verse. We're going to start at the beginning of the gospel. And we're going to start with the first verse of Mark, which is Mark 1.1. Let's look together. It says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. 
And a lot of times, I think when we read a specific book of the Bible, at the very beginning of the book, it typically has these introductory remarks. And we might view this verse the same way. We're like, okay, yes, got it. And we want to move on in the story. Let's get to the real story. But I don't want you to miss what is here in this verse and what God is saying to us through this writer. See, Mark, he sets the stage and he says, hey, let me tell you what this whole thing is about. I don't want you to miss. I'm going to tell you about Jesus, but I need to know and I need you to understand that this is what it's all about. His name is Jesus and he's here for you. And he sets the stage and he sets the credentials for Jesus before us. We hear immediately and we're given his entrance. See, his entrance was the beginning. When he came, that's when it all started. And then we're given his mission. His mission is the good news. See, he came to give you good news. Not only did he come to give you good news, he actually is the good news. And then we get his name. His name is Jesus. And we sing that song, what a wonderful name it is, the power of the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus because there's power in his name. And we don't want to miss what he's saying here. His name is Jesus. And then we get his credentials. He's the Messiah. And what he's telling people is he's saying, Mark is saying, hey, I want you to know about this man. His name is Jesus, and he's the Messiah. And everybody in that season and that time knew immediately what he was talking about. Because Messiah meant the anointed one, the chosen one, the Savior. And they'd been waiting for a Savior. And he says, he's here. And it still applies today. He still is the Messiah. He still wants to save. Just in our world where we're looking and we're saying, where's the good news? It's in Jesus. He's the Messiah. And then we get his origin. He's the son of God. Jesus came from heaven down to earth to have relationship with us. You see, Jesus is the subject of all scripture. The entire story of the Bible revolves around Jesus. The plot of the Bible centers and everything circles around Jesus. So if when you read scripture, it doesn't point you to Jesus, then you do not have true Christianity. What you have is religion. When you read the Bible and you don't see that it all points to Amona and to Jesus, then what you have is religion. You have not experienced true Christianity. Jesus is the true influencer. He is the leader, and he's here to bring us good news. You know, everybody wants to hear good news. We want good news because we are so tired of the sad news and the bad news and the divided news and the fake news. Jesus is here and he brings good news to you today. So no matter how chaotic things may seem in your life, God has already worked that chaos into his plan and he's going to turn it into good. In this verse, in verse 1, it says the beginning. And that word, the beginning, is actually a noun. It's not an adjective. It's not describing something. It's not an adverb where it's here to change the meaning of the sentence or the thought. It's a noun. It's an event. It's a moment in time. His coming is the beginning. You see, his beginning is a moment in time, but it's also a timely moment. His coming and his beginning is a moment in time. We can point to it and we can say, this is when Jesus showed up. But it's also a timely moment for each one of us. Jesus coming means that God has a bias for better. He is always wanting to move us forward. He refuses to leave us where we're at, and he brings us good news. 
And so today I want to share with you just two thoughts about what Jesus' beginning means for each one of us. And the first is, is that the real Jesus gives us a fresh start. The real Jesus gives us a fresh start. I think all of us like the idea of a fresh start. We like the idea of starting over and starting new. You know, at the end of the year, as we kind of go through the holiday season, about towards the end of the December time frame, everybody starts looking forward to January because we're ready for a new year. Because with a new year, it means new goals, new opportunities, a fresh start. We're ready. And it's the thought of the old is gone and the new is here. You see, the beginning means that God is always looking forward and he's not looking back. God isn't looking back at your past mistakes, your past failures, maybe the places where, where you messed up. He sent his son Jesus to be the beginning moment for each one of us. And Jesus is always calling us forward. He has a fresh start for each of us. So you don't have to live in the former anymore. You can step into the fresh start that Jesus has. But I think sometimes when we think about a fresh start, we immediately want to disqualify ourselves. And we think that doesn't apply to us because maybe we've messed up too much. So we disqualify ourselves. We feel too broken, too lost, too far away from God. But there's good news today. There's a beginning of the good news of Jesus. But I think in our society and in our culture today, when we think about the concept of good news, we're not actually really believing that it's good news. We kind of think like it's a catch it's like, okay, yeah, there's good news, but really, where's the bad news? Because we're used to, hey, I've got good news for you, and I've got bad news for you. Which one do you want first? You know, it's like when they say, hey, the warranty exists on this product. Absolutely bad news is, I'm sorry, your claim isn't covered. Or it's when the repairman shows up to your house, and he says, okay, I know what's wrong with your fridge, and we can fix it. Bad news is the part's backordered or it's out of stock. Or ladies. It's like that moment when you hear your favorite store is having a sale on shoes, okay? And you're so excited, you are ready to stock up, you've got your credit card in, you're going to go in and you're going to conquer the store. And you don't need one pair of shoes, they're on sale. No, you need 5, 10, 15, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And so you're ready, you go with anticipation, and then you go into the store and they have every size but your size. I don't know if that's ever been the experience for anybody, but that's the reality. That's the concept of we don't actually believe the good news is for us. But Jesus has good news. See, Jesus is good news in hard times. Jesus is good news in hard times. It doesn't mean that hard times don't show up. It doesn't mean that we don't have difficult seasons and hard moments and things that just don't go the way we want them to. But what it does mean is that when those moments show up, he's there in the midst of them because he's there. And because he's there, it's good news. There's good news in Jesus. And he came to give you a fresh start. Ladies, this is why. At the end of this month, we are going to have an event just for you called Thrive. Because we believe in this season we need to thrive. We believe that God has a fresh start for you. That in this season, because of COVID, we've been disconnected. And maybe we feel far away from God. And I want you to know that he wants to give you a fresh start. And so we invite you to come out 
on the Friday, the October 29th. We want you to register and be there because God's going to show up. And in these altars, he's going to give you a fresh moment. And he's going to give you a fresh start. And he wants to speak to you. And he wants to refresh your spirit. Don't miss out what God has for you, ladies. He has a fresh start. But I think we all know that we each can have the opportunity of a beginning story with Jesus. I remember my beginning moment. I can almost see it right now in my mind. As a little girl, I went up to an altar and I said, God, I give you my life. Take me, use me, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And in that moment, I remember my life changed. It was never the same because I had a beginning moment with him. And I've talked to so many people here at Westover and they've told me their beginning story whether it's been in an altar or in a prayer moment, and there's tears rolling down their cheeks, and they begin to tell me about how God changed their life. I think about a young lady in our church. She had a beginning story here, and her story was a story of restoration and redemption. You see, as a little girl, she came to know Jesus. She grew up in church her whole life, but somewhere in her 20s, she drifted away from God. And she drifted away from that relationship with him. And other things became a distraction. And she found herself in a moment where because of a decision she made, she was going to be a single mom. And the relationship she was in was not going to work out. And so she was going to be a single mom. And in a moment, her life changed. And she had confusion and shame and doubt. Would God even forgive her? Would the church even accept her? And in that brokenness, as a young mom, she walked into the doors of Westover. And she said, God, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to give it a try. She came in with her little girl. She was like two or three years old. And God began to work in her life. And she began to have a new start and a fresh start here at Westover. And God began to repair the places in her heart that were broken. And began to restore things that she thought she had lost. And he began to remind her that, Lord, God, you didn't, just because of this moment here, doesn't disqualify me from what you have for me over here. And he repathed and he reworked her path back to him. She met her husband here. They got married. They made a family together. But see, that's not where the story ends. You see that two, three-year-old little girl that showed up with a mom that was broken? She started coming to our kids' church. And at kids' church, she discovered Jesus loves her. And Jesus cares for her, and he wants relationship with her. And she found friends, and she grew up. And that little two-, three-year-old girl, she's now in high school. And she loves Jesus with all of her heart. And every single weekend, she serves in our kids' ministry. And she serves your kids, and and she loves on your children because she remembers a moment over here when she was a broken little girl and how Jesus saved her and gave her a new beginning moment. And she wants that for your families. You see, God has a fresh start for each one of us. The second thing that a new beginning means from Jesus is that the real Jesus gives us a new next. He gives us a new next. You see, a new beginning always implies a new ending. It's that concept of I was going down this path, and then at some point I shifted and God changed my life, and now I'm going down this path, and I now have a new ending. I now have a new destination. See, Jesus' beginning becomes our new beginning. It's that moment when you get unstuck. It's that moment where you were 
at a point in your life that you felt like you could not move forward and then Jesus shows up and he gives you a new path to walk down and he advances you in a moment you go down a new path. He gives you a new next. But I think sometimes we view Jesus' ability in our life like we view promotional dates. We view sales and promotional dates. They always have a start and they always have an end date. It's just like those products. They have expiration dates. They only work for so long and then the date comes and you have to throw it out. Or we think of cancellation dates. There's got to be a cancellation date soon. But see, with Jesus, there is no cancellation date. Nobody can cancel the beginning that he gives you. Jesus was there for all of your yesterdays, and he's going to be there for all of your tomorrows. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He has a new next. See, your mess is not too messy for Jesus. Whatever mess you walked in with, you are not too messy for Jesus because God loves to get his hands dirty. He loves to get his hands dirty. We see this in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden. God comes down to earth, and with his hands, he grabs a clump of dirt, and he begins to form the image of a man. And then he breathes life, and the breath of God comes into that image, and it man becomes alive. And then we look through time. And mankind, humanity, we separate ourselves from God because of our mistakes and our sin. And we, we are so far from God. And God looks down and he doesn't give up on humanity. He looks and he says, nothing that they are going to do is ever going to let them repair the brokenness. It's never going to bridge the gap and the rift between us. So I have to be the first mover. I've got to be the one that's the first mover in the relationship. And so he sent his son Jesus down to earth. And Jesus got his hands dirty for you and me when he hung on a cross and he shed his blood for you and for me. And so if somewhere at some point God has, you have felt like there is a lie that you have accepted, that because of your mistakes, because of your failures, because of the situation that you are in, that you've written the end at the end of your story, because Jesus hung on a cross for you, he wipes that out and he writes, next. He writes next. He says, no, it's not the end. I have a new next for each one of you. He is the beginning of all beginnings. There isn't an end date ahead. The promotion doesn't run out. Jesus gives us a new beginning and a new next. It's, it's that date and time where everything changes. Where you say, before Jesus, I was lost and I was broken and my marriage was falling apart. And then in a moment, Jesus showed up in my life and in my circumstance. And now I have hope and I have a future and my marriage is restored and my family is reconnected. And all because there was a moment and a beginning moment with God. So whatever the need is in your life today, the answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. He has a new beginning and a new next for you. Have you ever watched any of the shows on HGTV? Probably none of the men in here have, but a lot of women watch HGTV. My mom loves HGTV, and she watches it all the time. And as a byproduct, my daughter loves HGTV. And so she has gotten into it, and she now thinks she is a pro. And she knows all things. She's, she's right up there with all the other people on HGTV. She'll walk into the room, and she's like, Mom, just wondering, what type of aesthetic are you going for in this room? 
Um, are we looking for a modern look? What color palette are you trying to accomplish here? Because I really can help you out. I mean, guys, pray. She's 10. I mean, she's 10. But there's a lot of shows on HGTV. And, and there's this whole line of shows and this concept of shows about when some people come into your house and they will completely renovate your house. And they will change the floor plan. They will update everything. And there's all these different TV personalities that do this. And we follow them on social media. But it all kind of started several years ago with the show Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines. And so for all the men in the room, let me give you a brief synopsis of what this show is about. Because you probably have not watched it. Chip and Joanna Gaines come and they meet a family and they meet a couple. And they go and they look at all these different houses and the family's gonna choose the house that they want. And then they get to the house and they say, this is the one that we want and they buy that house. And then they will go away for a couple of weeks or even a couple of months and Chip and Joanna will come into that house and they will completely renovate it. They gut it, maybe sometimes down to the floorboards and they will completely change the layout. They will update everything in the house. It's amazing what they can do when they can transform this house. But about halfway through the show, there'll come a moment where they, something arises in the construction that they didn't expect. And they're like, I'm not really sure how we're gonna fix this. You're like, is it gonna work out? We're all stressed out. And then immediately they come up with some sort of creative solution and Chip and Joanna solve it. But my favorite part of the show is the moment that comes at the end of the show with the big reveal. So the family will come back, the house has been completed and the family shows back up and they're standing in front of their house, this newly renovated house that they've dreamed of. But in front of them is this large, almost billboard size printout of their old house, what it looked like before the renovations. And that's all they can see. Now Chip and Joanna are there and they can see what's behind the billboard. They see the new house, they've been working on it, they know exactly what it looks like. But the family is looking at the, at the old house and they don't see what's behind it. And then that moment comes, they say, are you ready to see your new house? And they'll pull it apart. And that family then reveals and sees their dream house. And I love seeing the amazement and the excitement on their face. And we see these before and these after pictures. And as I was thinking about that, I really kind of thought about, I think that's what our lives are like. That before Jesus, we're lost and we're broken. And maybe we're looking at the billboard of our life, even right now, and all we can see is our current reality. All we can see are the problems and the issues that have showed up and how we feel alone or we feel broken or something has shown up in your life, circumstances you didn't expect, and you're saying, is it ever gonna get better? You've got a doom scrolling mentality and you're saying, when is it gonna get better? Because all you can see is what's mirroring back at you at your current reality. But see, Jesus, he sees the other side of that printout. And he sees this perfect picture of a life that he intends for you. And he's saying, but I have a future. I have a plan. It's beyond your wildest dreams. Would you just trust me? Would you just trust me? I have a new beginning for you. And maybe some of us, we were on a path with God, but at some point life showed up circumstances that maybe were out of our control. Maybe there was a hurt that came in your life, an offense, and you can't seem to get over it. And so you're looking at the situation and you see, and you have this doom scrolling mentality and God is whispering and he wants you to know that he has a creative solution. His name is Jesus. 
His name is Jesus. And every fresh start starts with Jesus. Every new beginning starts with Jesus. And so as we close, I want to invite you to stand. I believe there are people here today that you hear the story of a new beginning. And you say, that sounds good. I just don't know if he can work in my life. I've heard about this Jesus. I've heard about him, but I'm not really sure, does he even want to work in my life? And I want to assure you today, he has a new beginning for you. Or maybe you would say, I used to walk with the Lord. I used to be close. I was on a path, but somehow, some way, I've drifted away. And I don't feel as close as I used to be anymore. And today, I want to recommit my life to Christ. See, making a decision for Christ is as clear as A, B, C. It's A, it's admitting and accepting that you need a Savior and that you can't do life alone. It's B, believing in your heart that Jesus came down to earth, died for your sins, and he rose again. And it's C, confessing from your heart with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to forgive your sins. So if that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. And so with every head bowed and with every eye closed, if that's you here today and you would say, I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning with Jesus. I want to meet this real Jesus that you're talking about. Or I'm ready to recommit my life to Christ. If that's you on the count of three, would you just raise your hand? One, two, three. Yes, yes, I see you in the balcony, yes. He wants to meet you here today. And so if you've raised your hand, I want you to repeat a prayer after me, and I invite everybody in the room to repeat this prayer and say, Jesus, I need you. I need a new beginning today. I ask you to come in and take control of my life. Lord, that you would forgive me of my sins. I give you my future. And I thank you that you want relationship with me. In Jesus' name, amen. If this is the first time you said that prayer, we want to invite you and say welcome to the family of God. We're so excited that you made that decision today. And if you happen to make that decision for the first time, we invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. It just allows us to personally follow up with you so that we can help you take a next step with your walk with the Lord. So we invite you to text New Life. But now we're gonna enter into a moment of communion and worship because God's not done and I believe he has something specific he wants to do in this moment. So I invite you to retrieve the elements that you got. Communion, it's a moment where we remember and we reflect on what Jesus's work on the cross meant for us. The sacrifice that he made for us. And we're gonna enter into communion and I'm gonna ask and I'm gonna pray and bless the elements. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice, for your work on the cross. And right now, God, we stop and we reflect and remember what it meant and how it changed our life. 
Lord, I pray that you would move in this moment, that you would speak to your people. You have something specific that you want to minister to them today. Bless these elements in Jesus' name. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And if you would grab the wafer at the top cellophane piece there. He took the bread and he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. And all this week, I felt God speak to my heart that there are people in here that you're living in brokenness. You're living in brokenness. Maybe it's a broken relationship, a broken family. Maybe there's brokenness in your heart. There's a wound you cannot get over. There's a pain you cannot get past. And what I want you to know today is that Jesus was broken so you don't have to live a broken life. Jesus was broken. He went to a cross so you did not have to live a broken life. And so today as we take communion and we take this bread, I want to encourage you, if that's you, and you would say, I am living in brokenness, that you would lay that at the foot of the cross and let God do a work. Let him come in and heal the broken places and your broken heart. He did a work so you did not have to walk out broken. And I would pray that you would walk out restored today. So let's take the bread together. Lord, healing. God, that you begin to heal the brokenness in this room the broken hearts, Lord, that marriages would be restored, that you would move, God. Lord, you were broken, so we didn't have to live broken. And so I ask today that you would restore that to them today in Jesus' name. And then after he was finished giving the bread, he took the cup and he says, this is my blood, which has been shed for you. And as often as you drink it, remember me. And today, if you're living in a place that you would say, I feel dry, I feel empty, I've just given and I've given and I feel like I have nothing left inside of me, my tank is empty. And I don't know the last time that maybe I felt the presence of God, where I felt him in a tangible way. As we take the cup together, I would encourage you, let God fill you. Let his presence show up in your life and in your circumstance and in this moment that you would feel a refreshing that you haven't experienced in a long time. Let's take the cup together. Yes, Lord, God, that you would refresh your people. Lord, that you would move, that we experience your presence in this room, God. Lord, we invite you into this moment. We invite you here because we know that you want to move. Yes, Lord. And we're going to enter into worship. You see, worship is a moment where we just get a little closer to Jesus. It's a moment where we say, God, I want to lean in a little bit more. I want more of your presence. I want to encounter you in a different way. And so today, as we enter into worship, I encourage you to lean in. Lean in a little bit more. God has a new beginning and a fresh start for you today. And sometimes getting something new means we have to take a step into something new. Sometimes we have to step out and do something new. And so I want to encourage you, as we enter into worship, do something new in your worship. Do something new that you've never done in worship before. 
So maybe for some of you, that's going to be singing the song for the first time. Or for some, it's maybe it's raising your hand and saying, God, I surrender. Lord, I need you, and I want to lean in a little closer to who you are, and I want to experience you in a new way. And maybe for some, you need to come up to the altar, and you need to worship. And you need to let God refresh you and speak life into you again. But whatever that is, lean into it. Let's get a little closer to God in this moment, and let's worship together.